Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to the D Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. Today, Riley and I are sitting down with Al, a 59-year-old originally from Vancouver Island. He left the island when he was 23 years old and has been with his partner for 22 years. Al has worked at the number five orange strip club here in Vancouver, Canada for 36 years. I actually know Al through being a dancer at that club for many years, but something I did not know about Al was that from the age of 25 to 30, he worked as an exotic dancer. Going with a stage name Dakota, Al paid his way through his college education, gyrating his way through the local clubs in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Al is retiring and leaving Vancouver behind for the beautiful Okanagan later this year, so I am so thrilled that we snagged him up before he left to tell his hilarious tales of being a male exotic dancer. As you all know, being from the male side of the industry, we haven't had the chance to really explore that a lot on this podcast, so we were really excited to sit down with Al slash Dakota and get his take on what it was like being a male exotic dancer in the late 1980s, early 1990s in Vancouver. And the conversation was so funny, uh, so educational. We had such a blast talking to him and you guys are going to love it. So here you go. Thank you so much, Al, for coming on. Um, again, begrudgingly, I feel like all our guests lately have been <laughs> kind of begrudgingly coming on. But this one, ironically, was Jeremy forcing you to come on the podcast. Yes. I love that for us. Yes, he did. He blackmailed me. Yeah. And I, I told him, I was like, we don't blackmail guests, Jeremy. And he's like, I do. <laughs> and uh, he did. And it worked. And here you are. So. <laughs> here I am. Yes. To jump right in. <laughs> So first things first, how did you get started into stripping slash exotic dancing? What was the process like as a male getting into the scene? Oh, for me getting into dancing. Okay, we're going to start this way. Um, (laughs) I was always, always told that bartending is not a career. You have to get into the union. You have to get a college degree. But it was like my family are dirt poor. They don't have any money. I couldn't go to college. So my friend Annette, she was a, the MC at the coach house and she ran a ladies night. So she said, well, why don't you just come and just do the cuffs and collar spandex thing and waiter? Uh-huh. And I thought, you know, that's okay, no big deal. So I'd work at the number five during the day, go to school. Then I would go at nighttime with her to different clubs because male dancers don't stay in the same club. They go to different clubs. So we would go at night and I would waiter shirtless with the cuffs in the collar (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was a lot of fun right but it was not enough money it's not enough money and then so and i was working like crazy working at the bar working these these ladies nights going to school and i still could not get enough money for my tuition and i was getting closer and closer and closer and i was panicking and panicking and annette goes well Buddy, why don't you just dance? And I'm going, fuck you. There's no way in hell I am taking my clothes off in front of a bunch of people. No. Mm-mm. And then it kept getting closer and closer. <laughs> and I'm going, holy shit, I'm going to have to do this. And so I finally called her. And, and then there was an agency for the dancers back then. It was called Ace First Entertainment. And it was run by a lady named Marilyn. She was a very tough woman, that woman. And so... <laughs> You couldn't just go and dance. You had to go and talk to her. Then if it was good, then she would ask you if you wanted to do an audition. So then she asked me for an audition. I'm saying, oh, shit, this is really happening. So we, I did my audition out in uh, Coquitlam, at a bar in Coquitlam. And I, one of the girls, like back in the day in the 90s, the girls had designers that would come to the bar and design their costumes because you could not get away. With what they wear now. What they wear now. (laughs) So I went to her. Her name was Sandra. And I said, "Um, I need you to make me a costume. And she said, well, what do you want? I said, I don't know. I said, just something to dance in. So she she made me this costume. It was really nice. It was sort of like like a pirate meat Sergeant Pepper type thing. It was really cool. (laughs) And so then I, I sort of practiced at my house. Like, this is what I got. Because you're up there by yourself, right? Right. You don't have a partner. So then I show up at the place, I got my stuff, and, and the other guys were telling me what to do, and, and you know, because I had no idea about tying off. So that had to be explained to me, and I'm like, oh my God, you're shitting me. That's what you have to do? So 
you guys know what tying off is, right? That's like the cock ring that like goes. Yeah, it's elastic band balls, that you, right? you sort of get a semi chub right? and then yeah. put it around your penis to make sure that it stays that way. Because when you dance, all the blood flows to your legs. Right. Yeah. Not you to, your, your other not to your junior. So. <laughs> not, not to your be, third leg. <laughs> not to your, yeah. So you're not going to be seeing anything if you're doing that. So they told me about this. And then the one guy goes on. The second guy goes on. And then Marilyn was there, right? The agent. Yeah. And she was doing the, the uh, emceeing. So she goes, oh, we have a big surprise for you tonight. We have a new dancer. He's going to audition for you today. His name is Dakota. And I'm like... Whoop, whoop. Oh, my God. oh no! I'm gonna barf, right? So I'm just like, I just can't do this. So then I literally threw up. I was so nervous. I, I know. <laughs> and then I'm like, nope, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I still to this day remember the dancer's name. His name was Prescott, and he grabbed me and he dragged me all the way to the stage. Like he carried me to the stage, <laughs> and the girls were screaming. They thought this was hilarious, right? Because and then the music started, and I started doing. You know, dancing a bit, and I'm going, oh, this is not bad, I guess. And then the money started coming out, and I was like, like that's oh, great. <laughs> this is awesome. Like, the money was cuckoo. Those yeah. girls were crazy. Amazing. And then I thought, you know what? For 15 minutes, I just made like $500. Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing? Never yeah. looked back. So I never <laughs> went back to waitering at ladies' nights. Yeah. And then Marilyn, she, she called me the next day, and she said, you did great. Did you want to? You know, she'd be more than happy to represent me. And then that's that's how I got started in dancing. Amazing. So it was just to get my college degree, um, which right. I never classic. used. <laughs> well, that's also the classic story. Yeah. 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 All right. So when you think of male strippers in the 80s, it's definitely more Tom Selleck and less Channing Tatum. Uh, what was and the... honestly, Tom Selleck is like yeah. my dream fucking man. I know so that's like, why I used him as a man. Uh, like, I appreciate that. Anytime I talk, like anytime I date a new guy, I'm like, I really like chest hair. They're like, what? I'm like, like Tom Selleck chest hair. Like that is my thing. <laughs> so yes, I appreciate. Um, that. Of course. So was there a typical look for male dancers back then, or was it kind of all over the place? No, it was crazy. There was always a theme. So there was a sailor. There was a pirate. There was a policeman. There was officer and a gentleman there was all this kind of stuff but there was really no kitschy gimmicks right mm-hmm. so when when uh i started dancing i i watched female dancers for you know 15 years mm-hmm. and i'm thinking well you know they do like ice shows they do water shows they do oil shows you know it's a little bit more interesting than just going up there dressed like a policeman doing the running man for 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was kind of boring. So, and I never realized how much work it is to dance by yourself for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So then I was the first dancer as a, as a male dancer that did floor shows. Not because it was cool. Yeah. Because I couldn't breathe anymore. <laughs> After after the second song, and I was pooped, so I would get on the floor and I would like I would light candles and I would roll like ice cubes down my chest and I would do like soapy sponge shows and and the girls would go insane. So next thing you know, all these other guys started trying to of course. do this too. Right? Yeah, and so that's that's it. Sort of evolved a bit more after because I think I sort of opened more people's eyes to being more erotic instead of just dancing right Mm -hmm. and a proper entertainer yeah um the actual look of the gentlemen that were dancing back then Mm -hmm. were they like the tom Selleck, like hairy chest yes like that or were they like the the mustache the porn stash mullets oh Oh. yeah (laughs) hairy backs i mean not hairy backs hairy chest no hairy backs no hairy bums but it was definitely uh, like a man's man thing. Yeah. yeah. And the one question I always get asked is, are they all gay? No. <laughs> no. I was the only gay dancer in the whole agency. Oh, wow. Oh. Yes. I, would not, I would not expect that. No, yeah. We it's have just me. But I was the only one that actually made money and went to school. And these guys were so good to me. Every time we went to a different club, I always brought my homework. And I would sit in the bathroom stall. They would always leave me one stall for me. (laughs) And I would sit facing the toilet tank on the toilet. 
I'd have my books on the toilet tank and I would do homework. And then they would just tell me whenever it was time for me to get ready. And I always went first. And after I was dancing for like, you know, three or four years, the guys kept going to me, why do you always go first? Like, you know, you're a feature now. Why don't you just go at the end? I said, are you insane? I said, when you're the first dancer, you're the best dancer, the best looking, you got the biggest dick, and they want to give their money away. Yeah. So they just throw the money. And then these guys are like, going, oh, really? Like, it's not about ego and me being a feature? Oh, okay, <laughs> makes sense. But these guys did that for me the entire, my entire university time I was in university. And at the end of it, they were so supportive. They were the best group of guys ever. Aww. And they were so proud of me when I got my degree and stuff like that. And they were just like, oh man, that was, they were, they were the best. And then the day that I got my degree was the day I quit dancing. Oh wow. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't need it anymore. So, and it bought me a condo and paid for my school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really great for me, that career. I wish it was still around now, but it's, it's just gone. You never hear about it anymore. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, they no. have they have a ladies' night every second Friday at Brandy's. Really? Yeah. The club that shall not be named. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, and then uh, occasionally at JJ's. Wow. Yeah, but it's not as like big either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like where, where would they get the dancers from? Is there I mean, any think traveling it, agent? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's so. every second Friday because I remember. Um, like before COVID there was guys and they would do like fire shows and yeah. it, it was very like theatrical and like a lot more magic mic dancing I guess yeah. you could say like a lot of like the body rolls and like almost a little bit vulgar yeah and it's mm -hmm. like entertainment value as opposed to what you think of when you think of you know Chippendales which is very much like uh, performative. Mm -hmm. Yes, very mm -hmm. choreographed. Very yeah, dance great. numbers. You very know, very dance numbers. Very, <laughs> yeah, very, exactly. Very beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Chippendales, actually, uh, Chippendales really gained traction throughout the eighties, around the same time that you start dancing. Mm -hmm. Were the shows you were doing as theatrical, or what really differed? And did you dance in groups, or was it always separately? Did you ever come out as a little team? You know what? It was called the A Team. Yeah, um, love it. And it was ten dancers at a time. I'm sorry, I missed opportunity to not call it the D Team, but carry yeah. on. <laughs> That's crazy because well, Marilyn came up with the name, so. But we never went on stage together till the very last, mm. till it was over. So ten guys would do their sets, and then at the end we would all go back out and do. Um, together just to get massive tips right because you're just unless it's like a really scary place that like Duncan we went to Duncan one time and it was so scary the place was at least 200 people over the limit oh my God. and at the last answer I could see it was like the crowd was pulsating like you could see them all going like this together oh like this God. giant mob and the guys are like okay let's go get some tips let's go get some tips like mm -mm, I ain't <sighs> going out there I'm not going out there. This is they're gonna they're gonna rip you to shreds. And the guy started coming back. One guy, his penis was all bleeding. <gasps> he had scratch marks. He had like all the guys. The girls oh just ravaged them. Like oh my god, it was, god. It was brutal. And I called that as soon as I seen that crowd. Like like it was like you could see the crowd heaving. Oh. And I said nope, I'm not doing that. And then when they started coming back one after another, bleeding, scratched. Oh my like, god. Hair pulled. Everything. It was just terrible so oh, i can just i can feel in my body the yeah. screams of that place ew i can hear the shrill sound yeah. of women <laughs> yeah. in heat yeah. <laughs> it was scary so that was that was the the main group but when it came down to um i don't know do you guys know alan he's a he's a dj in victoria one of the strip joints in victoria oh i probably i probably yeah. well, he okay, used yeah. to, he used to be a male dancer too was he at the fox maybe um, I don't remember, but he, his name was Jimmy Dean. His stage name was Jimmy Dean and, um, me and him got along great. He was like super, super straight, like had sex with chicks constantly every single night that he was there. There was trolling for a D. <laughs> so then Marilyn, our agent, she said, well, we've got this club in, in Maple Ridge and they, they want a duo. Like. 
I just can't think of anybody to do a duo except for you and Jimmy Dean. Do you think you guys can pull off a duo? And I'm like, well, what sort of duo are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, are we talking synchro dancing or are we talking like erotic touching stuff? Yeah. And then she goes, I think they mean erotic touching stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, yeah, if I have to. Yeah, I'm down. And, and then, Jimmy. <laughs> and then Jimmy Dean was like, sure, I'm down. I don't care. Love I'm it. thinking, great. All right. So. We did this ACDC back in black Oh, Classic. yes, love. And we both came out in, like, black leather jackets, cut off, like, waffled long johns, Dayton boots. And then <laughs> we did this whole show. And at the floor show, he sort of, we had this big soapy sponge, and he soaped me up. I soaped him up. And it was insane. Like, the funniest thing was nobody clapped. No. Nobody said a word. Everybody was just staring, going, Oh my God! Two guys are touching each other. I don't know what to do. So the whole crowd was was dead quiet. Oh, but then so after funny. the end of it, when we finished, they were just screaming. Yeah. But love I it. remember whispering to, to Alan, like, "Do you think they like this, or do you think they like, <laughs> like what do you think's going on?" There? And oh, he's yeah. like, "I don't care. <laughs> just do it." <laughs> he's like, "In a five, six, seven, eight, sub me up." Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, what are some other of your like favorite shows that you performed? What did they entail? I know you told us one. Mine? Yeah. Which one did I tell you about? The count. The count. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you hear something? That was that was that. Was, Can you give the people a rundown on what that show was? That was something I did at the gay bars mostly. Oh, I don't blame you. But yeah. I was trying still to figure out something that would be more more erotic for for the for the gay clubs because they you know gay men are focused on eroticism a lot so i came up i saw one of the girls at at the number five she had a baby little baby oil bottle it was only like this big and she would stick it between her legs and she would squish it with her thighs and it would shoot out and she would just rub it all over her body it was super sensual a really good show so i thought well hmm, maybe i could do that too and I could pretend I was masturbating and at a certain time I could squish my legs together and it would shoot up and it would look like I shot a load on my chest, right? Yeah. So I tried it the first time at Celebrities. And you know how big that dance floor is there? It's gigantic. Yeah, yeah. It's like a football field all by yourself. So I was on the floor and I did this sort of ice show, soapy show. And then I was sort of pretending that I was, you know, touching my body and and then pretended to masturbate. And then, again, the guys are like, <gasps> they didn't know what to do. Clap, clap. And then it was looking like it was getting pretty good. And then next thing I squished my legs, and it just shot up in the air. And you couldn't see the squirter bottle because it was between my legs, right? Yeah. So if you're, like, second row, you're thinking, this guy just came on stage. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. And then I remember after that show... I went back to get my contracts because as a male dancer, you have to go to the office and you have to pay the commission in advance. Mm. Oh, before, wow. Yeah. Before you get your contracts, you have to pay your commissions. Mm. So I went to get my contracts and Marilyn goes to me. She goes, I don't know what the fuck you did at Celebrities the other night, but I've had nothing but calls for you to come and do this show that you did there. And then I told her about what I did a show. She goes, oh, my God. She goes, you're just fucking filthy. <laughs> and I go, well, you know, they're the gays. And the gays <laughs> they're the gays. Yeah. Yeah. The gays I love should, the I, filth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good show. And I had my Ken and Barbie go to the beach show, too, where they, that went over huge at the gay bars. And this giant drag queen named Stella May, she would come to my shows. And she would get, like, this is back when we had $1 bills and $2 bills. Mm-hmm. She'd have, like, stacks of $2 bills. And then, as part of my show, I would just let her come, and she would just soak me up with the sponge, right? So I'd be naked, and she would be soaping me up, and then she'd lay me on the floor, and she would sort of like squat over top of me, but then she would plaster all these $2 bills all over my entire body. Like, it must have been $200 that she would, it was just from her. Yeah, yeah. That's not including my other, other tips from all the other people. So it was, it was a great show, but every time I did that show, she would call me. Are you going to do your Ken and Barbie go to the beach show? <laughs> I'm thinking, 
Well, are you going to be there, Stella? Should I do it? Oh, yes, I would love for you to do it. And then she would show up and she'd do every single time. Oh, my God. I love it. Stella May. I love a consistent fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a bunch of money. Yeah, you really. Wanna... Love a rich consistent fan. A rich consistent fan. That's what it's all about. So, uh, speaking of what the gays love, what was the gay scene like back then in terms of openly enjoying male dancers? Uh, did you or other dancers perform separately in gay clubs and female predominant clubs? You mentioned you went to gay clubs. Yeah, we did. As well. There was well, there were so many bars. Mm-hmm. Like for gay bars back then, there was there was oh my god, there was like fifteen or twenty gay bars. It's like wild. now there's what two? Yeah. Yeah. Back then it was crazy. Like you had leather bars, you had twink bars, you had daddy bars, you had. All these other different bars. Yeah. And when I first moved here from Nanaimo, I mean, Nanaimo's not a place for a queer person to live. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're into fishing, logging, or working in a mill. Right. <laughs> so. I guess my three favorite hobbies. <laughs> yeah. And then moving to Vancouver, I'm thinking, oh, right, I, I come over here, I can be, you know, explore my sexuality. And then I get over here, and it's like right at the height of AIDS. Oh, yeah. So it's right at. HIV AIDS and then that was back then it was horrific because nobody would deal with the gays nobody would put any money into into any kind of cure so you would walk down the street and it'd be like oh hey John where's Randy oh he's in the hospital you'd never see Randy again and oh, every oh day God. you'd walk down the street and there'd be different people that are already gone or died yeah you know so the gay scene back then was it was it was very robust but it was also very anxious like you were mm. always anxious you know and then you, you go out and you meet somebody and then you you decide okay well maybe like I never did one night stands I always had to meet people but it was like you have to go you can't just go home and be romantic you have to go home and have a talk right so you got to talk about you know your Sexual stats health and everything yeah, yeah. And it's, it was just sort of rub me the wrong way I just which I mean it. I want to disclaim that everyone should be having those yeah. talks with their partner yes. regardless of sexual preference because people be nasty out there let's be honest yeah. people yes. don't want to use condoms yes, and yeah true. so if, you all should be having yes. these talks if yeah. you're not mature enough to talk about sexual health you're not mature enough to be having sex that's right? true so really it was the gays that were much more ahead of their time yeah. to yeah. their sexual health seriously we were forced to have our yeah. talks mm-hmm. yeah. we had to have talks so it's sort of for me it's it, it was just being newly out mm-hmm. like I was, wasn't out of the number five yet oh, okay I didn't come out of the number five till I was 27 okay and, and when I did started you start there at 23 oh, okay mm. yeah so oh my god were all the dancers hitting on you well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. But who that, had more dancers hitting on you you or Gia <laughs> oh, oh that's a good question oh my god Jeremy if you guys had seen Jeremy back then you guys would have died okay tell us now because he had he was he was the cutest little guy <laughs> And he was so Italian looking and he had this thick, thick head of hair. Where'd it go? Oh yeah. He would he would comb it all back in the middle and then the front parts would sort of hang down a bit. And he would he was covered up from he would have his shirt down to his to his hand. He would have his pants down to his shirt done up to the like nothing showing at all. Like, he would not show any skin at all. And he was super tiny. He would probably weighed like, maybe 145 pounds. Oh, my gosh. And he, was, and he was super quiet. He never spoke, really. And he only had one speed. And he would just do everything really slow and casual. <laughs> and he'd just go get the beer. And he'd come back up with some ice. And he'd, that's just the way he was, right? Yeah. And then, so I nicknamed him Turtle. And that's how I nicknamed Turtle. Because he, was, he just had one speed. And that was it. Oh, my God. And then, look that's at him now. Now funny. he's the manager of the club. How'd this happen? What a now, blossoming young man. Now he shows his ankles every once in a while. <laughs> shows his ankles? Christ. <laughs> that guy dropped Tron <laughs> for a dollar. <laughs> Jeremy That's our Jeremy. Jeremy's going to hate me. <laughs> That's our Jeremy. Oh, oh yes. my gosh. But no, so you were saying, um, how was the gay scene, like, with regards to openly enjoying the dancers? Was it? Oh, no, it was great. Yeah. The, to, to me, the gay bars were way more fun than the lady bars because the, 
the ladies were like so aggressive and so mean like they were just mean they they wanted you for themselves and this is this is what it was you're there for them and you do what I say that's how it felt right mm -hmm. it wasn't really fun and then when they were sticking you know tips in your in your g-string they all wanted to grab your dick Oh my god! You know, oh my and I've god. had girls try to stick champagne bottles up my ass. Oh my god! Holy crap! Yeah, it's just brutal stuff when you when you're working with girls. When you when you go to a to a gay bar, it's all about fun. It's mm -hmm. all about you know the show. Like yeah. it's, it's and I would bring people on stage and like slide up and down them like all lubed up. I would take their clothes off. Yeah. And way more sexual freedom in a gay bar mm -hmm. than in a and okay so talking about sexual freedom um we know that there's a double standard when it comes to male sexuality versus female sexuality um were you or any of the other dancers kind of out as strippers and did you see a difference between the stigma um that you got as a male dancer compared to what you heard of um as a female stripper hmm. well being a male stripper I found that it was almost like being a rock star. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm talking about the double standard. Yeah. Like it bullshit. Was, <laughs> and we got paid a shitload more money than the girls did. Oh, wow. Like the girls back there, they would make maybe like $40, $50 a show. Mm -hmm. Right. Where, and this, I'm talking, this is 30 years ago. Yeah, nothing has changed. It's so insane. 30 <laughs> years ago, I was making $150 a show. Holy oh, wow. Shit. That's per show. And he yeah. did two shows a night. You, yeah, sure, and it goes right there, yeah. yeah. And back then tips. as well, that's... And then after I did that cum show, my my in-town price bumped up to $225 a show mm -hmm. 30 years ago. So imagine how much money that is today. Yeah. That would be like me making $600 a show. Yeah. Doing two shows a night plus tips. Ugh. It was, it was crazy. And then, see, I saw both sides. And when I did see the, you know, the, the female side... You know, girls, oh, they're just sluts and whores and drug addicts and, and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side with the guys, it was like, oh, my God, he's a male dancer. He's just so hot. So talented. Yeah, so sexy. Him. And then if they knew everything behind the scenes, it was like these guys had no money. None of them could save money. Well, all, I mean, we see all, that with a woman, too. They all to spend it all on steroids. So it was like steroids, money, cocaine. And women. So that's been consistent over the years. Yeah. Then. <laughs> and then when it came time to go get our contracts, it'd be like, oh, buddy, can you lend me $40? Can you lend me $40 to pay for my contracts? You know, and I'm the one here that's working at a bar, going to school, yeah. dancing at night, and they're asking to borrow money to pay for their contracts. Oh, my God. And they're yeah. dancing five nights a week, and I only dance three max. Like yeah. I just said, I cannot do more than three nights a week is, is yeah. enough for me. For those curious, um, according to this, I'm sure, super reliable Google search, uh, $225.1985, I said, in Canada would be $529 today. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. So you're making So over a G just in your shows. Yes. Yeah. Not including the tips. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> Was there a difference between the stigma of stripping as a gay man versus as a straight man? Like, I know, you know, for the woman, it's really sexy and fun and cool and very magic Mike if you're dancing as a as a straight man what was it like did it differ for the gay community <laughs> nobody would believe me <laughs> I kept telling people that I was gay and nobody would believe me no you're not gay you're dancing for girls you're not gay I thought they didn't believe you that you were a dancer <laughs> I was like no they didn't believe me that I was gay even after they saw your show with Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> You're like, did you see that? Did Jimmy out there? <laughs> diddle Jimmy. When you go to, when you're a female going to a, a male strip show, that guy is for you. Of course, mm -hmm. yeah. So, could possibly be a gay man out there. No way. It's like the men that when they are like, you you like women, right? But only like the way like a male gaze would like women, yeah. right? Like you're you really do like men, but you'll like touch her for me, right? Like you're not actually a lesbian. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. And then working with the guys, they never had a problem with it at all. They, they didn't even cross their mind. They could care less. That's awesome. Love to yeah. hear that. Yeah. They were the greatest guys. Like, I swear to God, that was the funnest job I've ever had. They were the best bunch of guys. And even today, I still, I still see them. They still come down and sometimes they come to the bar and I'm just like, woof. 
<laughs> I look at them and say, whoa, my God, what happened to you? They look at me and go, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, you got to remember, we're 60 years old now. Yeah. Back yeah. then, we were 23, 25. Now we're 60, like senior citizens. <laughs> so you said uh, the day you graduated was the day that you stopped dancing. Yes. If you enjoyed it so much, how come you, um, you know, hung up the tap shoes? Because I, I know how much of a, um, what's the word? Um, it's like an addiction. Mm-hmm. Dancing is like an addiction. Mm-hmm. And if you're not strong enough to set your boundaries, you're not going to make it in that the industry. Mm-hmm. So I always said, I just want to get through school. Mm-hmm. I want a down payment on a house. And once I get through school, I quit. And the day that I got through school is the day I quit. Because otherwise, I'd probably still be dancing. Who knows? Yeah. It's like, just in the, in the senior citizen home. <laughs> I've been, been doing the old age home circuit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> At least it would be fun for the old, the old Oh my people. god, the heart attacks. Uh, yeah, truly. Way yeah. to clear out the bins. You know? I come around with my little baby aspirins for everybody. Here we go. I'm just going to start my show now. That's amazing. Um, speaking of wonderful men, you have been with your partner for approximately 22 years yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when and how did you two meet? <laughs> we met going to, we, there was two groups of us and we used to go on Tuesdays to the movies at the Denman Theater. And it's probably like 12, 12 gay guys, but it was like two separate groups of gay guys, but we all knew each other. So we would go to the movies, come out and I, the boat show was in town and I'm like, God, you know, I want to go to the boat show, you guys. And they're like, the boat show? Why do you want to go to the boat show? I said, because I, it's cool. And then this one guy on the other group, he said, I'll go to the boat show with you. <laughs> yeah. So me and him ended up going to the boat show and that was it. That was it. We were together every day since then. Aww. Yeah. And he wrecked every boat. I could not believe <laughs> this moron. Like, he was from Ontario. Okay. And he, he's from this little tiny town in Ontario. And they don't have anything. Like, they, they don't have boats. They don't have things like that. So when we went to the boat show, he didn't know how to act around a boat. So the first boat we walked into, and when you're in a boat they got locks on the fridges so that right. they don't fly open when you're boating yeah. yeah so he goes up to the fridge and he's like well the fridge won't open and, and i was just about to say you got boom uh. rips. the latch goes flying over the top and i'm going holy shit what's wrong with this guy i love him yeah. <laughs> and then we went to another boat. i love this sweet sweet moron <laughs> this sweet sweet moron this and then we go to in a china shop just like ruining things that's what he did he went to another boat and he goes i think this is the bathroom and he oh pulled the doorknob right out of the door. And I'm going, wow, there's something really wrong with this dude. Like, I need to date him. strong or something. I like how that's how you do Not like he was like yeah. all incompetent. You're like, he's so strong. Yeah. And then we, we went to the rest of the boat show and it was all fine. And then we went to the last boat. And it was like this $5 million huge boat. No. It was so beautiful. And then we get up there and he get to the very top of the flybridge. He goes, see, I didn't do anything in this boat. Everything's fine. Oh my God, look at, they got cup holders. Boom, rips a cup holder right off the side of the boat. And he went, holy shit, let's just get out of here. This is, this is like too much. And then, he looks so proud of himself. That was our first date. And then we, we dated, like we saw each other every single day. And then within probably six months, he moved in with me. And then he's a super, super, super neat freak type of guy. Yeah. Like, Everything has its place, and if you touch one thing for an inch, he'll, he'll come in from work and know. Yeah. So we get to my apartment, which I owned. It was my own, and he got, oh, this is too small. We can't live here. I'm like, oh, you little fucker. Who <laughs> tell me that my condo is not good enough for you when you came from a, a roomette. Yeah. <laughs> he lived in a, in a boarded-off dining room. Oh three guys in a condo. And I said, you're coming to a whole condo and you're bitching and whining? It's not big enough? Oh my God. So that's how our relationship has been for 22 years. <laughs> you little him fucker. Pissing me, him pissing me off. And then us making up. <laughs> like every good relationship. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. The tale is old as time. Yes. Well, in the gay world, that's 110 years. Yeah. Yeah. Years. yeah. Like the, the gays think, Four months is a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, when you guys moved in six months, I was like, oh, so it's not just lesbians. <laughs> yeah. No. Lesbians in their U-Hauls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you move in with? What did I move the in boats. with? <laughs> yeah, the boats. <laughs> the boats. 
so does he know about your past life? And if so, how did that conversation go? <laughs> he just found out. Which is wild to uh, Yeah. Me. How just, many years later? He just found out probably three years ago. Oh, wow. And we were on a cruise. Um, I love that. I just picture it, the news <laughs> dropping and then you're like, fuck, I'm stuck on this cruise. Also, he doesn't do well boats as we learn. So we were on the cruise and there was a whole bunch of us and these two guys come up to me and goes, they go, we know who you are. And I'm going, who the fuck am I? <laughs> you do? Yeah. I just automatically, because I get recognized for being the bartender, the number five. Right. All the time. Right. So it's, and that's another thing. Bartending at number five, people think you're like a rock star too. It's weird. So then we're on the boat and the guy says, no, we know who you are. I'm going, who am I? Dakota. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> How did these guys know who I was? Like, I look so much different. And then Barry's like, who's Dakota. I'm like, oh, well, um, that's a conversation. <laughs> I used to dance. And he's like, dance? And I said, yeah, I was a stripper for five years to go through school. And he burst out laughing like that's the funniest thing he's ever heard. And then they started telling stories about going to my shows and, and how good it was and what a great dancer I was. And I'm, I'm like puffing up now. Yeah. Hey. Same. <laughs> Look at that. Someone remembered me 30 years I ago. I know. Insane. Yes. And so that's that's how he found out, because I just figured. I mean, that was so far in my past. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So, but he he doesn't even doesn't phase him. He doesn't care. That's good. Yeah. He just thought it was more funny. Yeah. You're like you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like like, you remember when you broke three boats, bud? (laughs) You remember when I was really good looking when we met? (laughs) So. Uh, you left dancing, but you did not leave the strip club, as we've discussed. Yes. And you've now worked in a strip club with female dancers for mm-hmm. 36 years. Yes. You poor soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after listening to episode 104 with Jeremy, you noticed, as you point out to me, that Jeremy forgot some key points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him that, and he was like, well, he should have done that. I was like, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> you were nervous. So, we're going to ask you some of the same questions we asked Jeremy so you can give your take mm-hmm. and correct all his yes. fuck-ups. <laughs> well, he didn't fuck up. He just forgot some things. He was, in, in his defense, he was so nervous. He, like, sweated through, like, a full shirt. Like, not even, I know, like... he told me It that. was, like, this, like, he was, like, sweating right to the bottom of the shirt. I was like, Jeremy, why? It's me. Like, why are you so nervous? He told me that, and I was like, good, because I am super nervous, too. I was nervous coming down. I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to say? Like, am I even going to be able to talk? With very but, scary. Very intimidating. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> the <yes>. masses. <laughs> but so. don't forget, Barry, uh, Jeremy back then was like, he was like 19 years old, I think, when he started there. And he was super timid and very quiet. So he, I don't think he would have caught up on all the, like, the money's thing. And right. The, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, I'm sure he was just like doe-eyed for the girls. And oh, I think he feel like you had a little... all he saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had, you know, a step back. <laughs> I know. I used to drag him to my shows, too. It was the funniest thing. Taking this little, quiet, shy guy to, like, feel strength. <laughs> and he was the only guy there, right? Yeah. Because oh, it's all girls. Jerry's got, like, a two-dollar bill. Jerry's <laughs> like, oh, my God. And he used to go to me and go, you're so disgusting out there. So, oh well, that just gets the crowd going, doesn't yeah, it? Pays yeah, pays the bills. Okay. <laughs> okay, for the first question, what have been some major changes you've seen for better or for worse in the strip club industries? Um, well, back in the day, there was a strip joint basically on every corner, and girls had to compete. They could not just go up there and do a show. You had to. Um, come up with gimmicks you had to have costumes you had to have theme shows and clubs like the higher-end clubs like um the number five you know the marble arch the cecil the drake the they they had the top of the line dancers and they had more of a show price structure like every girl doesn't get the same wage Mm -hmm. back then it was like you would have say a 35 dollar girl then you'd have uh, 45, two $45 girls, and then you'd have, say, one $70 girl. Mm-hmm. But these girls were all getting seven or eight shows a day. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of the girls even had roadies. Like they had their own roadies to bring in because we had girls that would have a giant champagne glass and they would do their shows inside a giant champagne glass or they had okay. like um, um, a tiger, like a real tiger, like Jane Jones. She had a tiger named Kadesh. Oh my God. And we had a tiger in the dancing change room back in the maybe late 80s, early 90s. That's fucking awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. And she would bring this tiger on stage with her. It was a real fucking tiger. Bring back the tigers. <laughs> we <laughs> want I real just, shows. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that stuff. And that's what girls had to do. Right. Because they could not rely on plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. There was no plastic surgery back then. There was no internet back then. There was nothing. You, as the dancer, had to bring in the people. Right. So if, if you couldn't do that, you couldn't get the good money. Right. And yeah. there was no table dancing to fall back on. So the girls back then, they... They came up with very creative shows, and then it came very erotic shows, mm-hmm. where they were um, like deep throating things, and inserting things, and extricating things. So, and that's how, with the chicklets, they were called the chicklets, and that's when the laws actually came into effect for dancers that they cannot insert extricate, urinate, or defecate on stage. That was all because of this duo. But that's what they had to do to bring in the people. Right. And if you wanted to get your show price, you you had to you had to constantly keep reinventing yourself. Mm-hmm. It was so much tougher for the girls back then, I mm-hmm. think. So you really had to want it. And a lot of the girls were, you know, like um, mothers, Right. Like mm-hmm. the husband would drop them off at work mm-hmm. and she would finish her show and go home. Mm-hmm. One girl, she ended up, she went to law school. She became a lawyer. So she was a lawyer. We had one girl that came and danced because Corvette had a new body style and she would come and dance and pay off her Corvette and then it went here again. And it was, that's just how it was. But nowadays, girls can rely more on um, cosmetic surgery, uh, giant boobs, BBLs, um, liposuction, all that stuff they can do to to make their show price bigger. Well, it's not even the show price anymore because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's more for like table dancing and mm-hmm. um, and also back in the day, the tips were like a dollar. And the tips were not thrown on stage like they Making are now. Rain, yeah. They were like put in your G-string. Right. So you'd be lucky if you got thirty dollars in tips. Right. And then you got to realize that's thirty people that tipped you. Yeah. So that's yeah. A lot. And today, and I think it, it has to do, you know, a lot with rap music and stuff like that, making it, you know, super cool to, you know, make it rain at the strip club. Yeah. So there's all these guys with these fantasies of being rap stars in their head, and they think this is what they got to do. But you know, and we only have five dollar bills now, so what are they going to make it rain with? So they do with fifties. Five, <laughs> tips. You can't rain with the yeah. brown ones. <laughs> so girls, like I find that the girls are making so much money on tips now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sort of balances out their their show price. Right. For what they make, and then you still have the option of table dancing if you want. Right. Or VIP dancing. Yeah. yeah. Lap dancing and stuff. So if you're a go getter, you can make some really good money. But then again, it's like what I said in the beginning. It's an addiction. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you don't set yourself a goal or when a time to stop, you're going to go past your expiry date and you're, it's just not going to be good for your self-esteem. Yeah. So. Slowly fire yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Slowly say. fire yourself is a good way to put it. Like understand that this career is, it's not a career for 36 years. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought the number five would be a career for 36 years, but it turned out fine for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you kind of mentioned that there, uh, there's a pay scale with dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, was there like a hierarchy that came with that? And how would you move up the pay scale? Yes, there was a hierarchy with that. There was um, the, the, uh, like the $70 girls. They would expect the best spot in the change room. They would you know, expect you to bend over backwards for anything they asked for. 
Like if they wanted a drink, they wanted it, you know, before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And they would treat the other girls like literally like garbage. Because if you were a forty dollar girl or a thirty dollar girl, and you were, and I'm a seventy dollar girl, like you're not even in the same ballpark as me. Like, you know, bow down. That's mm-hmm. how it was back then. It was very cutthroat. It was a very cutthroat business mm-hmm. back then when you were when you were dancing. And then to get yourself to 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 another pay scale, you would have to spend thousands of dollars on costumes and theme shows and promo. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, back yeah. then there was no internet. So you had to have promo and it was stuck in the cabinets in the front door or the side when you came in was everybody's promo picture. So the guys could see who was dancing there when they came in. And back then, there was no female staff. Mm. So there was only male waiters. There was only male bartenders. There was no girls. Just mm. the dancers. Mm-hmm. But that bar, back in the day, was jam-packed from 11 o'clock in the morning until, until we closed. So it was, it was a way different scene than it is, is now. How do you think, um, speaking of it being a different scene, how do you think the dancers have changed themselves? Do the ladies that work in the club look different now than they did back then? Um, is a certain look more accepted or less accepted now, for example? Well, what we have now, what that you would never have back in the 80s, 90s, is tattoos. You would never be booked if you had a tattoo. And if you have, like, some of the girls where they got full sleeves, they would be, nope, you would never get on stage. So now it's, it's a lot more lenient that way. Plus there's, you know, with the, the Internet and YouTube and Instagram, there's a lot of, um, I think, competition put out there for girls and the expectation that this is what you got to look like to achieve success. So plastic surgery gets involved and then to me that's an addiction too like once you start just like a tattoo tattoos are addictive once you get one tattoo you get 14 Mm -hmm. once you get one procedure done and you love it then you okay well you know i love that one maybe let's do another one Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh well i saw this girl on youtube or i saw this girl on tv or look at these girls on on the magazines like you know this is what i think i have to look like to achieve something which you don't but in the dancing world you just have to fit a guy's perception of what he finds sexy Mm -hmm. which I find by the table dancing that we have now it's whenever I saw a fat chick well chubby chick come into the bar I'm thinking oh she's not gonna make any money Mm. poor girl poor girl and then you look and you're like holy shit she's been going up and down those stairs 20 times Mm -hmm. you know some guys like heavier girls. Some mm-hmm. guys like curvy girls. Some guys like skinny girls. Some guys like black girls. Some guys like Asian girls. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 just different than what it was back in the day. Like I think we had one black dancer back in the day. I don't think we had any Asian dancers, mm-hmm. and it was just typically white women. Mm-hmm. And now you have a full variety. Mm-hmm. You have full variety of of cosmetic surgeries. You got tattoos you've got everything but then i think nowadays it's it's um i don't think i don't know if i think the the stigma's as bad as it was back in the the 80s because it's kind of cool now to be a stripper mm-hmm. yeah whereas back in the day like we said before it was cool to be a male stripper mm-hmm. but it was not cool to be a female stripper mm-hmm. whereas nowadays i think it's it's cool to be a a female stripper because it's it's been brought out you know like Cardi B talks about it all the time yeah you know and look at her now I think there's definitely more representation now mm-hmm. in mainstream representation yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean I think we'd all be naive to think that it's like a walk in the park and people no, think you're awesome no, and you know but dancing of any kind is no walk in the park no definitely and I always try to say like when people are like oh it's such easy money no it's fast no. money fast, fast money. money it's not easy money no um and so, putting your whole self out there oh yeah for strangers is so intimidating mm-hmm. and anxious well oh, it's just it's just the worst <laughs> but you do it because like you said it's fast money mm-hmm. and as long as you use it for a purpose I think it's a I think it's 
I think dancing is a great career for a purpose. Right. Yeah, no, we completely agree. We, we tell that all the career. time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I think it takes a really specific person to make a long-term career out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like like you said, like, there has to be that intention of you wanting it to be a career rather than you just mm-hmm. get sucked into it and now, like, you just feel like you can't leave or you feel like you can't lose the, leave the money or you're not smart with your money, so you yeah. have to keep dancing. Yeah. Um, and then, like Riley said, you slowly kind of fire yourself. Yes. Um, which is a terrible I like idea. that saying, actually. It's a really good saying. Yeah, I think Slowly I, try to fire yourself. I think, it was it from Lola Devine or yeah. Jack the Stripper? Yeah. It was, it's like, one of those sort of, who, like, stripper yeah. godmother figurines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can have it now. It's yours. Yes, <laughs> I definitely didn't make it up. I'm not going to claim that one. But, um, yeah. How about the other side of it? Um, have you noticed a change in the customers that are coming to the club now as opposed to in the 80s, 90s, etc.? Yeah. Yeah. For one thing, we have girl customers. <laughs> We never had female customers in the 80s and 90s. And back in the 80s, it was a very rough bar. Like, I would get into a fight every day. Like, we'd be in brawls, like, constantly. And it, it was like, yeah, it was like a beers, broads, and 4 by 4 type of place. <laughs> Whereas now, it's more like, you know, it's more like a nightclub. Mm-hmm. but with dancers mm-hmm. and it's it's not as defined as it was back then mm-hmm. it was it's now it's more acceptable to everybody like you see you know you see like older people my age coming in there and and having a good time mm-hmm. so it's not just just young people coming in and you know and going to the strip club it's like older people come you go girls come lots of lesbians like mm-hmm. you never you would never see lesbians before Mm-hmm. Same with like drag queens. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a drag queen coming into the number five in the 1990s? <laughs> they would have been killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They would not have made it to the bar mm-hmm. before they would have the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever they come, if a drag queen comes to the bar, the only thing I, I'm like is I just don't know what my pronouns should be. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know if they're a drag queen or transgender. Right, right. So, it's, and it's such a huge difference. Right. Transgendered and drag queens. Right. So. Yeah, especially if you, I mean, the, the term of drag has changed so drastically as well. You know, yeah. it's not always as fantastical as, yeah. as you know, it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, so I feel nervous that I'm going to insult them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not where I'm automatically judging them and I want to beat the shit out of them. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't want to offend them. I don't know what I'm yeah, which say. Which is really, like, it's beautiful to see, like, that kind of change and yeah. mm-hmm. acceptance into, like, I mean, I just think, like, everything is normal. However, people want to express themselves or, yeah. you know, whatever they feel is right for them. And, like, it's nice to see that people don't, I don't know, impose their own closed-mindedness as much anymore as they used to, I think. Um, and to see that they are welcome and people are welcome in spaces where mm-hmm. they should have always been welcome. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see that, like, that change Albeit a very slow one, <laughs> too slow. slow yeah. But, it but is I changing. find it's, there's not as much um, anxiety or anticipation at, at a strip club. Right. Yeah. Because like, everybody is is sort of already on that mindset where they don't really care about norms or right. gender identification. They just they just want to go have a good time. And yeah. And like I've always told people, I said people that come to the strip joint, they don't sit there and stare at the dancer. No. It's it's more like a conversation starter. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, you you're out with your friends and there's a lull in the conversation. Well, oh yeah, there's the dancer. Oh yeah, she oh look at the pole work she just did. That was great. And then your conversation's yeah. going again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I find it it's 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 just I don't know, I I loved working at the bar. Yeah. I've had a great time. I've had a great career there. It's given me everything I wanted. I I'm I'm really sad this is my last year and I'm retiring like it's it's but you know it's I'm old <laughs> no don't leave us yeah. never leave us um last question before we go into the listener questions I assume you've seen a lot of girls come and go over the years some make dancing a career like we kind of talked about mm-hmm. some come in to pay their corvette mm-hmm. um what do you think is a good indicator that someone is going to do well in the industry or have the tenacity to kind yeah. of stick it out for as long as they want to. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I think I'm stumped. Well, you have to come in there and 
you gotta have well first of all you gotta have balls just to come in to, to do this mm-hmm. and I can usually tell after a while if someone's not gonna make it when they're drinking too much late for their shows hanging out with the wrong customer mm-hmm. you can see the path going down there but when you see a girl that comes in she's got her stuff she's on time for every show she doesn't hang out at the bar and wait for guys to buy her copious amounts of drinks mm-hmm. she either table dances and is like a, a drill sergeant just up down up down up down those are the type of girls you think okay this girl she's got a plan mm-hmm. she's she's got an agenda right like she's not gonna sit there and piss herself away so those are the girls I can tell right away so if you're on time not hanging out at the bar making your money that's the stuff but if you're a girl that's constantly late doesn't make an effort for her shows where's the same costume three times in a row that is my biggest bitch <laughs> I cannot stand it. or they play the same music right three times in a row you gotta remember I'm there for eight hours yeah and when I hear that same song 14 times <laughs> it's no I hate it but those are I can tell when the girls are going the wrong way yeah well they're just not taking it seriously as a job yeah. right yeah and I think like it is because it is such a fun environment and for some people there are you know drugs involved or there are alcohol there is alcohol involved mm. and it is a social thing mm. I think some people especially new dancers can blur that line a little too much where they forget this is a job like show up on time take like have pride in the shows you're performing and mm. the, and your audience interaction and your interaction with the other people in the club and the other performers um, but that's definitely the things I've noticed too when the girls are like don't they do their shows with their hair and makeup done because they like couldn't be fucked to wake up early for it mm-hmm. or like yeah the same music they've had for like five years and mm-hmm. you're like no one wants to hear the song anymore <laughs> like, yeah. Um, or the, yeah they're drinking or doing drugs at work and stuff um, I think that definitely is an indicator that maybe this maybe don't have the thick skin or the um, the kind of job mentality that will and you have to have the focus. Like, right. You have to have the the agenda and focus, and you're doing this for a purpose, mm-hmm. not just to pass time and just get money in your pocket. Definitely. Another thing I too notice the girls that take customers' comments so seriously. Like, if I ever see a girl cry, I'm like, oh, you were not made for this. Yeah. Like, if a guy called you fat and you're going to cry about it, you yes. need to leave right now. <laughs> like this, You cannot take that shit seriously, ever. Yeah. Um, and that's why whenever I remember you and I were working and a girl was crying about a guy not wanting to dance with her I was like this girl is not going to last a week like that one no ruined you like you mm-hmm. can't you have to have thick skin yeah. when you come into the industry or develop it very quickly yeah. for sure oh yeah you have to have a thick skin to be a dancer <laughs> definitely so we have some listener questions we pulled out four of them because we've covered quite a few already mm-hmm. um, the first one is something you mentioned near the beginning Please tell us about the penis pumps and cock rings. Were they really a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the well, it wasn't penis pumps. It was while well, you were masturbating in the bathroom stall. And it wasn't a cock ring because cock rings are too big, right? Because you're trying to give a fantasy there. You don't want anybody to really see it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't believe I'm going to give an explanation on how to tie off, but <laughs> you find the elastic band that is that fits you and is sort of like the same color as your skin. Oh, okay. See, mine was it was the number one hundred four. That was my, <laughs> that yeah. Was we my, know your yeah. That was my elastic band size. And what you did is you you know you masturbated a bit till it got semi right, and then you pull it forward, tie the elastic band around the base of your penis right and then the skin go back over top so it looked oh. like it wasn't ah. tied off the more you know so, yeah so when you're doing your show you know basically all you're thinking about for 50 minutes is oh my god i want to cut this thing off does it hurt so yeah. bad yes it does it makes your penis numb oh crazy <gasps> yeah oh. but it also keeps it normal size mm-hmm. like i said before when you're dancing it just all the blood goes to your legs right so right. there's nothing there yeah so that that you would do for every show you would cut it off between shows. I'm cut saying. it off, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then you would do it again. So, you know, two okay. times a night. So if you had a problem with erectile dysfunction, male dancing, it's not for you. Do people not just, like, take Viagra? Wouldn't that keep blood uh, hard, hard on your body, I imagine? I don't think yeah, we not, had not Viagra back then. There was no Viagra back then. 
Mm. Also, what a missed opportunity that Jeremy took episode 104 when you should have been with episode 104. (laughs) 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 Hindsight. Uh, That's hilarious, though. The uh, not-so-glamorous side of male stripping. Not-so-glamorous, yes. (laughs) Uh, Next question here. Did you have groupies? I you know you mentioned yes. you had a lovely drink. Oh my favorite. god, I had one groupie so bad that the police had to be involved. Oh my oh, god. Wow. And... I don't know if we call that groupie or psycho. Psycho. Oh, yeah. uh, stalker. Like back then we didn't you know, you had answering machines mm-hmm. and they had three hour tapes. I would get home from work at the number five and there would be three hours of this woman <gasps> Oh my god calling me saying, Oh, hunky, I love you so much. Oh blah 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 goes on and on for three hours. Three hours. Yes. And every show I would do, she would show up at the show, and I'd go out to my car to go home. No. There'd be no. a teddy bear. There'd be a letter. Like, she had one letter was like, oh, you know what? I know my family will love you and all this stuff, and and uh, you remind me of my, my um, brothers so much. Oh, it was crazy shit. Was and she older? No. No, oh. no, no. She was young. Like... She was in her 20s. Oh, wow. And then even oh, when wow. I would do, there was like the the Okanagan circuit. Or circuit. So you'd do like Vernon, Penticton, and Kamloops. Mm-hmm. She would get on a bus. Oh, my God. And oh, she would go to commitment. every single show front row. Did she spend money? Yes, I was going to say, did she tip well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, after I, all, I would not go near her because yeah. she freaked me out. Oh, of course. So then I finally told my agent, and she said, well, She's going to come and have a chat with her. Oh. So my agent was, she was a tough Yeah. Chick. So she came and she showed up <laughs> on a Harley. Obviously. Full leathers <laughs> into the bar. And I showed her the girl and she went over and just reamed her out one side to another. Mm. And Marilyn is thinking, okay, well, that's it. Won't be hearing from her again. Nope. Oh my God. Nope. So the police had to come. They had to do the whole shebang with the restraining orders and the whole thing and it still wouldn't stop oh my god still didn't stop what so yeah yeah finally i guess she she finally dropped off the planet and that was it i never heard from her again but yeah i did have groupies i had good groupies and i had shitty groupies good groupies and you had (laughs) had a lot yes i did have a lot of groupies Mm. and because they knew i bartended at number five they would all come down there too so it was like yeah a little tea dance on sundays (laughs) (laughs) um two last ones here Mm. on a scale of one to pablo escobar how much cocaine was happening (laughs) one to pablo escobar um pablo escobar no No, there was a lot of cocaine back then cocaine was huge back then oh yeah 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 Yeah. i think we've heard all the like i mean i don't know if you heard the chippendales murder series mm, mm. Uh, it was a really great I can't remember who did it now but it was a uh, podcast yeah it was a yeah. podcast about the Chippendales and they talk about like how much partying how much cocaine like yes. everything like that there was lots of cocaine the time to be lots. alive yeah and last one here what was the wildest thing you saw during your dancing career the wildest thing I saw or did Ooh, oh, I, oh please share <laughs> the wildest thing I saw well literally it had to be that show in Duncan when all the guys got attacked and you know like mm-hmm. you could see you could see on this guy's dick you could see the nails oh. and, all, and, all and, our male listeners are like turning us off right now yeah. and, and she grabbed his dick with her nails and you could see the the three nail mark pulls and this guy's girlfriend was a fucking freak ah. she was so jealous of everything oh god that whenever we went out of town yeah. I was the only dancer he was allowed to spend the night with. He wasn't allowed to spend the night with straight guys because they could bring chicks back and obviously girls. So whenever we went out of town, it was always me and him had to be together. She always had to have me working with him any anywhere that they went. And she was a female dancer. So she was oh, We are crazy. crazy. <laughs> no, but I always I always said to her, it's like you're doing this, yeah. and you expect him to not be jealous, but he's doing the same thing as you, and you're losing your shit. She used to make him drive home every night. So, like I said before, Vernon, Penticton, Kamloops. She would make him drive home after every show and drive up the next day. Oh, my God. Oh and my then God. drive back home, and then drive back up again. 
That's oh my like God. nine hours of Psycho. driving. Yes. Yeah. Did they yeah. last? Three days in a row. I'm sure they're very he happily could, married now. He could, he could have killed himself yeah. by being overtired driving yeah. around. You know, so it wasn't about his safety or anything. No, it was about of course not. Her insecurity. 100%. Um, yeah. Crazy. Are they happily married then? No, God, no. <laughs> no. All right. Before we let you go, we have three rapid fire questions we ask at the end of all episodes, which I know you've heard because you listen to Jeremy, so I'm yeah. sure you remember that. Okay. The first one, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try? On my sexual bucket list? I think I'm pretty well done most of it. You've had some time. <laughs> oh my God, there's nothing really I haven't done. Love that. Yeah. All right, then what's one thing that you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? Threesomes. Never again. Guy, guy, guy? Guy, guy, guy. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Too much, too many too things much, happening? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's not just, it's just too much happening, but I just, what's mine is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't separate that. Yeah. You know, I tried it because my partner wanted to try it, so I tried it, mm-hmm. and it was just not for me. Yeah, yeah fair enough. And that's Good to I know said, your limits. You know, and I said, if that's a deal breaker for you, well, then we're not, it's not good for us to be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very fair. Well, good on you for trying it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll try anything once. Yeah, that's my saying. <laughs> yeah. And last one here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Every single person is equal. Forget this this black, white, gay, straight. If a UFO came down today and threatened the world, we would have to unite as a world, not mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a gender or a color or a sexuality mm-hmm. so it's I think it's like you know it's 2022 it's about time that people realize that we're all the same mm-hmm. and it, and then when you look at the news nowadays it's like we're going backwards again mm-hmm. yeah you know and it's it's so scary mm-hmm. you know especially for me being a queer person my rights can be taken away just by a vote mm-hmm. you know me and my partner were together 10 years before we were allowed to get married mm-hmm. we weren't even allowed to get married yeah. yeah, I still can't give blood. Yeah, it's insane. That would be to me. Yeah, we're not allowed to give blood. Mm-hmm. I can't donate organs. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty twenty two. I can't even donate an organ. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I would, I would, for my thirty seconds, <laughs> I would try to unite everybody. I'd take your organs, Al. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> thank organs. you. They're good to us. We'll take them. <laughs> yeah, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. So it's like my organs are good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. They're ours now. <laughs> have it on record. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs or email with any questions, comments, love for Al. We love getting them. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Goodbye.